0: Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 9 through 11. I am confident of this that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ and this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full of insight to help you to determine what is best so that in the day of christ you may be pure and blameless having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through jesus christ for the glory and praise of god opportunity to get in your word we thank you for today and we just pray during the season that we can live joyous lives we just thank you lord for your love we thank you lord for your grace and i pray lord that if anyone is going into life right now without hope we just pray lord today they can embrace the love of you we thank you in jesus name we pray and everyone said Amen. jennifer and i uh we went to uh, the beach last night to watch the rocket launch i don't know if you're familiar with the rocket launch and we were standing there with our little phone waiting for it and uh, minus four seconds and then they canceled the whole thing and we're standing there freezing going oh my goodness this is a waste of time but the cool thing about it she went on facebook and read this questionnaire about how do you feel about me and then I did the same thing. And one of the questions was, if I was going to get arrested, I asked my wife, if I was going to get arrested, who would I get arrested with? She said Pastor Al Johnson. <laughs> Where is that guy? <laughs> I just hear him in the background. Yes. And because she said, because how you and I were acting with one another at the LA car show, because considering I want to break something or, or something like that, and I go, I love Al. Al's a good guy, and this is important about love, because it's interesting. In 1976, if some of you guys were alive, I, I was lit, I was junior high then, and I bought an eight millimeter super a super eight millimeter camera. Now this is before video cameras, if you remember them. Thing, and then they had to send it for a week to get developed and then you had a projector that basically with no sound and my mother dropped the camera I asked her to hold it to me hold it for me and I was so upset with my mom because my camera was broken and a couple of days later I was still upset and my mom said Kevin don't love anything that can't love you back this can be replaced Now, as a junior hire, I thought, no, I'm on my camera. It wasn't words of wisdom back then. But I look back now, and I go, man, my mom knew what she was talking about, that we are created to love one another, not to essentially love things. And so we are in the Advent series, and if you look on the screen, we're kind of focusing on the words are made flesh. and the Gospel of John, it's interesting about this basically he's preparing us for the coming of christ and he's sharing about jesus will be born in bethlehem but he writes in john chapter one and i like this he says and the word became flesh and lived among us now sometimes we don't get it and i like the message version of the bible because that's a modern translation and i like the simplicity of it it says this and on the screen too the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood." Now, when I was a child, (laughs) when I was a child, I remember there's a certain neighborhood I want to live in, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. (laughs) Did you want to live there when you saw it when you were a kid? I'm telling you, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood would be the awesome neighborhood to live in because we didn't have anti-bullying campaigns when I was a kid. We were bullied. We just needed to get over it. And I was watching Mr. Rogers, and I was thinking, this is what we need. I need to live in the neighborhood like this. But can you imagine if Jesus Christ moved in your neighborhood physically? Man, what kind of neighborhood would that be? A loving neighborhood, a caring neighborhood. And this is what he's talking about, how we as Christians need to bring Christ in our neighborhood, Christ within our community. It's interesting to me as Christians, and I love Christians because I am a Christian, But, man, we talk a lot and not live much. We know how to talk. We we have advice on every lifestyle you can imagine. We have lifestyle. We have uh, words for any politicians, advice for anything. But seldom we don't live consistently what we teach, including your pastor. Do we really live the grace of God, the love of Christ, the good news as known as the gospel? And so nobody has noticed this, but my sermons have gone down from 30 minutes to 15 minutes. Do you notice that? Did, did you, Someone's clapping. Yay! Get it down to 7. Get it down to 7. Okay? Because I don't, I don't want to talk as much this month. The reason I want to interview, I want us to share the good news, to live the gospel. And that's why I did the $100 challenge. Now, my wife said to me this morning, she goes, if you're giving $400 away, I want to give $400 away. So we had this interesting discussion. How do you be selfish with your money if your wife wants to give it away? It's easy. I do it. <laughs> I do it. And so, so we are in our second work at Advent, and we're focusing love on love. So I want to bring Christy here forward at this time. If you notice, Christy was the one that raised her hand very quick and came up here. Christy has two homes. She lives in about two blocks from here, and she lives in Canada. So she's here and there and back and forth, and we have other people that do that. They live in different areas. And so you were, you were very quick in giving, taking $100, right?
1: I was pretty quick. <laughs> I thought, you know, I can do this due diligence, <laughs> okay. and I thought um, it would be a good lesson sort of in self-discovery and character building, okay. and I would have an opportunity to share the word.
0: And one of the cool things, uh, she emailed me on Wednesday or Thursday, and she goes, Pastor, this is about the journey, not the destination. So a lot of things were going through you and in you at this time.
1: Right. It was uh, a fascinating exercise, actually, because when I left here, I was just really stressed, actually. I thought, how am what am I going to do this is such a responsibility uh-huh. uh, you know as one and I talked about it with many people and um, as one friend said you know you could change someone's life with this okay and um, you know so I thought oh boy um, <laughs> you know what are you gonna do go to a different neighborhood where you know incomes <sighs> might be a lot lower or are you going to do you know something um, something else right like right um, so
0: tell us about the journey
1: So, okay, yeah, so I just, you know, um, set off uh, for a day, and I um, (laughs) walked so long I got blisters. Um, (laughs) I was determined to find uh, the person who really, you know, shone through and needed this. And I talked with a washroom attendant on the pier. Um, I I spoke with her. She was a single mother, um, had a shiny name tag. This was her part-time job. She was very, you know, uh, amicable and friendly. Um, And I... Um, we had a nice chat, and then I uh, um, left and said, have a great day.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then I uh, walked over to the, pier- to the promenade and saw a grandmother with uh, a little child, and I noticed a hole in her sweater, and I thought, um, you know, m- maybe she needs a hand. And, and so we started chatting, and, and uh, she said, oh, we're just off to our swimming lessons now. Um, okay. She was watching her grandchild. And so I kept walking. Uh, And I finally got to a point where I had to stop for uh, a cold drink and started chatting with a server who shared an interesting story when I told him about this uh, challenge. And um, he said, you know, one time I went around a whole mall area writing love letters for people, and it seemed to bring joy to them. And uh, eventually a security guard came up to him, and he said, stop uh, with writing these letters. You're interrupting people's um, private space and time mm-hmm. and he said um, well could, you know, do you mind if I just write you one one last <laughs> one <laughs> and he, he said okay sure and he wrote about um, how life can be hard sometimes and very challenging and how um, we have to rise above and, and uh, these kinds of messages and he said you know at the end of it the security guard ended up hugging him and um, he said you know what I'm going to walk by you the rest of the day so you can keep sharing these letters <laughs> you know <laughs> Little story, um, and uh, then uh, where did I go? I um, I guess uh, at this point things were sort of starting to to hit me uh, that um, how do you really determine who's worthy of the hundred dollars? I mean, I can't assume that someone needs the money. Uh, they may not be comfortable uh, taking the money or even posing for a picture right. with the money, uh, and. Um, you know, I, I thought life isn't intended to the be to be the place of our perfection, but the preparation for it. And so, really, it was it was the journey here. Mm-hmm. And what was I learning through this? And I found that I was um, really spreading a joy of hope throughout uh, the week um, in these interactions with people.
0: Right, without giving them money, right? Because you you would tell me that all of a sudden I was, I started talking to people out that I wouldn't necessarily communicate with or talk to, and you had exactly. these incredible conversations yes. with people.
1: Yes, and, and essentially that was bringing joy to them. Um, and Now, uh,
0: how, how was it affecting you? Were, were you getting joy? Were you getting stressed out? <laughs> um, like, what is going on?
1: I w- a bit of both. I mean, I was thinking, okay, I'm halfway through the week here. I need to pick it up. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I read an article, too, that said, you know, one woman had stopped to, to give a panhandler some money, and she was stabbed to death.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, that was a recent article that came out. I thought, okay, I need to really kind of gauge this. Right, right. Um, but, um, you know, I thought, I thought it'll just come up. Um, I went to the grocery store one day on my bike. Um, I parked my bike. I locked it up. I noticed uh, a guy next to me had plastic on his seat, on the seat of his bike, right. and I asked him, "So, uh, what's with the plastic on the on the bike seat?" He said, "Oh, it's a low-tech such a low-tech solution. It keeps the rain off." Um, and then he just rode off. Uh-huh. And then I noticed a sign uh, next to my bike that someone had posted, and it said, "You know, to the person who stole my bike the other week, I know it was my fault. I left my keys in it, in the lock." But unfortunately, the keys had other keys on it, which are important to me. So if you could just return the keys and Mm. and give them to someone in the grocery store. So I went into the grocery store and I asked, you know, did they leave their phone number? Is there someone who um, I can reach out to about this? They said, no, we don't have a contact uh, for this person. So I went around the grocery store. Uh, There was an um, elderly gentleman who was he had two items in his, in his basket, and um, he went up to the seafood counter, and he, he looked in the seafood counter, and then I noticed he, he walked away. And I, s- I went up to him. I said, why did you leave the seafood counter? You don't feel like anything today? And he, um, he just seemed really happy for the interaction. Right. And he said, no, I just don't feel like it. He said, what's in your basket? And You know, <laughs> your cookies, you know, and, and I said, yeah, I like them. And uh, then he proceeded to tell me about the travels he had taken that year. And, uh, right. So um, I finally made my way to the, to the counter, to the checkout. Um, and I noticed the two men behind me had a roll of four rolls of toilet paper, a uh, loaf of bread, and some peanut butter. And I said, oh, just the essentials today mm. for you. And he said, yeah, um, that's, that's all we're getting. And uh, I said, what's around your neck? He said, it's a heart monitor. I'm having a heart transplant. And he said, I can't work right now. I had to move in with my brother. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, you know, right. my, my job is done. And so I said, you know, hope anchors the soul. And I feel that everything will turn out well for you. And I'd like to you know, give you this $100. And oh. he said, he sort of initially refused. And said, no, no, we can't do that. I said, no. It's Something that um, mm-hmm. is really going to help you out, I think, and it's just a message of hope um, in a in a troublesome time for you. And uh, so he he took it, and um, I asked for a picture. He wasn't comfortable with that. Um, right. I I did take a picture.
0: Right, but um, we're not going to show. But we're
1: not going to show it out of respect. And uh, when I uh, you know walked out of the grocery store, I thought I felt a little deflated. I thought I expected really you know thank you so much, and just, oh, I was so overwhelmed, and all, you know, and I just felt a little bit deflated, but when I turned back and I looked um, in the grocery store, they had gone back into the grocery store, and so that was sort of a really rich moment where um, it really hit home that it, it wasn't about what you get at the end, it's about who you become on the journey.
0: Right, well, thank you so much. Thank you. You know, it's interesting, she was talking about, it's about a journey and how we can give hope to one another without giving money, just time and having communication. And sometimes it's not, it's awkward for us, but you know, it's only $100. And uh, this is what I really want to challenge us to do, is to bring hope to someone. Whether it's a hundred dollars, whether it's twenty-five dollars, whether it's just spending time or communicating or seeing someone that's hurting, there was a time where Jennifer and I were walking and we saw this lady just crying, and we just prayed with her. That took ten minutes, and who knows the impact that we make in someone's life when we do this? Now, continuing the the message uh, on Tuesday. I was watching the, the funeral of um, George H.W. Bush. And uh, I was watching the drama, that, the, the things that are going on with our president coming in and sitting next to uh, other former presidents. And so when I was listening to the, ser- the service, I get jealous sometimes of other pastors. And I was thinking, if I was a pastor speaking in front of our president and all of our former president and all the politicians that were there and all the thousands and millions of people man i would be nervous as i'll get out and so i decided to listen to him and he gets up there and he connects with uh, uh president george bush and does this little joke about time but man he spoke the gospel Because if he did, I mean, if not the Lord orchestrated this incredible audience about sharing about Jesus' love, about serving one another, and then he ended his message about Jesus washing the disciples' feet, I was thinking, I'm going to become whatever denomination he's (laughs) gone Episcopalian? I think it's Episcopalian. We are Episcopalians now. Because this guy really knocked it out of the park, and it, with such a humble experience. And obviously, my hope and prayer is that the evangelical church will embrace the teachings of Jesus and not necessarily the power of the politics. And so when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, and I believe deep down in my heart, the church will. The church will repent. The church will get back to the gospel and sharing. Hope, and I, I'm just an avid believer in that. But why is it so hard for us? Because all human beings, all of us, whether we're politicians or not, we struggle with self centeredness. We struggle with our ego. We struggle with what's called sin. I read an article that said the top three process, processions? professions that struggle with narcissism. Top three, politician, actor, pastor. Isn't that crazy? This is me up in front of everyone. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Okay? You have to work on humility. You have to work on serving. You have to tell yourself on a daily basis, it's not about me, but it's about serving the Lord. But here's the good problem about this, is that we're not called to fix our self-centeredness or our sin in our lives or our narcissism. God is called to fix that. God will allow situations in our lives and allow us, if we allow him, to work and cleanse us from the sin in our lives. This is why Jesus came into the world, to bring healing to us, to bring grace to us, but here's the thing. I, I, I think a lot of evangelicals and people, including myself, at one point got it wrong that we believe salvation. The only thing is, for salvation is I get out a hell card. That basically I accepted Christ at five years old, which is true, because somebody told me that I'm going to burn and burn and burn if I don't. Am I the only one? Okay. So therefore, it wasn't hope, it wasn't good news, I just it was like, get out of fire card. But salvation, if you look at the biblical definition of salvation, it's not talking, focusing on getting out of hell. Salvation, the biblical definition, is basically known as healing. That's what's incredible hope for me, that as messed up as I am, That when I receive Christ into my life, it's a part, it's a process, it's beginning to be healed. And that's what salvation is all about. Salvation actually means wholeness. And wholeness brings restoration. And this is why I'm so focused on restored in order to restore. Follow me on the screen. Wholeness enables us to love now. It allows us to live in unity with God and everyone and everything at least to the extent of which we are able our new testament reading in the passage paul even talks about god's job is to save us to heal us and to restore us that is incredible good news in fact in philippians chapter 1 verse 6 he says i'm confident of this that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion in the, by the day of jesus christ that means his job is to complete me i can't complete myself i can fake it till i make it or not i am faking it until i fake it i ain't gonna make it i could write a song and so it's a stupid song but you know and so this is why he's confident in this that god is able to do this the salvation, a.k.a. Rest- restoration, begins here. This is by God's grace, and God is going to complete this restoration into me, and I know with me that I'm slow to allow God to restore me. This is why restoration takes a while. It takes a while. See, this is why it says in Philippians 1, starting on verse 9, and this is my prayer, Paul says, that your love may overflow more and more, with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best so that in the day of christ you may be pure and blameless having produced this harvest of righteousness that comes through jesus christ the glory and praise of god wow paul's got it and this we are on the second sunday of advent and the theme is always preparing the way for the lord and what does that mean back on the screen we are Prepared to love so that we can prepare the way for God's love to flood the world. In other words, we are restored to love in order to restore love. How am I going to love you if I don't understand what love is? Have you ever had someone that's abusive that say, I love you, and you go, dang, dude, I don't want your love. Because you got some weird look of what love is well don't make me do this don't make me do that and let me tell you this happens all the time my office is full of people that say but he loves me i go seriously you're bruised that's not love so we have to understand the love of christ and how the restoration needs to take place in our lives so this passage he's praying for god's work to work within us and this ought to be our prayer for one another who doesn't want to be part of a loving church who doesn't want to be part of a loving family or a loving marriage or a loving community? We all do. That's why we have to allow our lives to be restored. Our job is to simply, and I've learned this, is just get out of the way of God. My ego or narcissistic attitudes, when they kick in, I take, take the reins back from God, don't we? I'm not the only one that struggles with this. We all do. And so when we think we know what's best and we stop praying and stop surrendering to the Lord, oh, there's where you're going to get yourself in trouble. There's where your stress will go up. There's where your control issues go up. There's where your worrying goes up. Everything goes up except your peace. See, there's no way that I can love God and not love others. I can't do that. Can you? Can you? How do I have this incredible relationship of closeness to the Almighty Father but hate my brother or ignore my sister or see a need that I can't help? I, I choose not to help. See, I'm speaking from experience here because this is when Kevin, if he gets out of the way, then the Lord moves in Kevin. When Kevin thinks he's an awesome pastor... And he th- gets thinking about himself and self-centeredness, there's the movement of the Holy Spirit gone. You get it? And so when the movement of the Holy Spirit's there, he's not going to compete with you. If, you wanna, if, it's, if it's about you, then you'll let it. But when you empty yourself out, you will watch. The Holy Spirit will fill you and direct you. And it, and it doesn't take rocket science to figure this out. So the thing is, this is what I'm wondering. I want to pray for myself. Is that selfish? I mean, that's a probably a narcissistic attitude that you want. Let's pray for me. But I want you to join me in prayer because the reason why I was thinking about this is some of you here today have gotten away way of God. And, and, and the, the ones that do this the best are the religious ones. The ones I've grown up in church the most, because we know how to do it, and we know how to justify it, but if you want me to pr- pray for you, I'm just going to ask you to stand, because I'm in the prayer too, and I'm going to pray that we can get out of the way, that the next few weeks that we can see the needs of others, that we can see through the filters of Jesus, that the work that God has begun in you will continue in you. And that the forgiveness, that you embrace the forgiveness and forgive yourself. We struggle with guilt. We struggle with shame. And so that you can be free to surrender to what the Lord wants you to do. And so if you want to join me, please stand and I'll I'll do a prayer. And thank you because I don't want to be the only one. (laughs) And let, let me pray for you and pray for us at this time. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the honesty in the, of, of this body of Christ, that we know that we have not made it yet, that we're all still broken, and that we can bring joy and hope into a hopeless and joyless society that we live in. We pray, Lord, that we will allow you to finish the restoration in our lives, that we as a church will not get stuck with the politics but we will embrace the love of Christ and really be the hope that we're looking for. We pray, Lord, that all of us will surrender in a way that we can trust you. We thank you, Lord, that our love will increase for others rather than just for ourselves, that we will allow the healing and restoration to come in our lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. You may be seated. Now, before I finish today, I have. Well, I, I went to church. Oh, good night. Okay, I went to um, sat down. And I I told Jennifer I go. I forgot the hundred bucks, and um, so I, I want to give it again. This is a hundred dollars of my money, which according to my wife, it's really two hundred dollars because I'm giving her another hundred dollars to give away too, and so this is a hundred dollar bill. And here's the rules. Let's start. Use the money to share the Advent words of hope love joy and peace to someone or to a group of people outside of our church use the money that week before the following sunday it must be given directly to a person or persons and not as a donation to an organization given the name of jesus come back in the light of a corresponding advent theme candle that following week and share how the money was used to bring the word to someone Now, Christy, we forgot to have you light the candle of love. Can you come and light the candle of love? And so if you look at each candle, it represents someone that we heard, a story that we heard. And um, so who?